Welcome to Animals to the Max. I'm your host, Corbin Maxey. This show is about animals and the people who dedicate their lives to them. And welcome everybody to another episode of Animals to the Max. Folks, it is National Dairy Month. Hold on, I'll try that one more time. Okay, I think that's a lot better. That's my awful impression. Actually, you know what? That wasn't that bad. I think that was pretty good impersonation of a cow. Now, you know, on the show, we are in, what, 131 episodes. And I'm looking back and realizing, like, oh my goodness, we have never had a farm animal on the show we've never had an expert on and my friend reached out to me on instagram her name is jennifer spencer we went to high school together and we were in the ffa that is correct future farmers of america future corbin did not do good matter of fact future corbin i think i was in the ffa for like i don't know i think like maybe one semester it just wasn't for me i was in you know into more of the scaly creatures and stuff like that but the ffa of course you know taught me a lot about responsibility i had to do some public speaking so it actually did really help me out it helps out people all around the country now she reached out to me and said, hey, I work with dairy cows now. I'm a professional and I would love to get some great exposure on them for National Dairy Month in June. Would you be interested in having me on? And I thought, you know what? Let's do it. But let's also go over some fun, wow me, exciting cow facts. Like I told her, I said, I want to hear the, oh my gosh, I'm going to stop in my tracks and be so shocked facts about cows. And Jennifer Spencer, our guest today, she delivered on the show. We're going to learn about dairy cows. And if you think about it, a lot of us eat dairy and a lot of us, especially here in the States, I mean, I'm in Idaho, so we are surrounded by cows. I, you know, pass a lot of dairy farms on my drive home. I just, it's interesting to learn more about these animals that I see every single day. So I hope you enjoy the show before we get started. And before we get to learn more about dairy cows, please make sure as always to rate and review the show. We're getting more ratings and reviews and some people reached out and actually said, hey, it's kind of difficult to, you know, rate and review iTunes. iTunes sometimes makes it tricky, but all you have to do is just click on the show title, Animals to the Max, scroll all the way down, and then you'll see stars. Click five stars, please. I mean, please. I mean, obviously, you guys, the show's five star, right? Click five stars and uh, rate it and then give us a review. You can mention your favorite podcast episode. It just helps potential listeners and Apple will basically show the show to more people. As I mentioned in some previous podcasts, we're in the top 100 nature podcasts around the world. And that's all because of you and rating a review and sharing it with your friends and family and I encourage you, as always, to join us uh, for my new late night show, Animal Nights Live. That's a reminder. We're actually in, I think, like the 14th week of the show. It's my Animal Late Night Show. It's where I go live every Thursday night on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok all at the same time at 8 p.m. Mountain Time, 10 p.m. Eastern Time here in the United States. Although what's so crazy is we have people who watch the show all around the world. We have people in England, Australia. Africa. All of them watch the show. And if you missed a live broadcast, it's still available on my IG feed, on my IG story for 24 hours. And I also put portions of the episodes up on YouTube. So make sure to join us for Animal Nights Live. We feature an animal every week, a guest. It's an amazing way and it's an amazing community to meet people who are passionate about animals. Okay, with that said, let's get to our show. Ladies and gentlemen, it is National Dairy Month and we are going to celebrate 
Whoa. Okay, sorry. So cheesy. Had to do one more. Please welcome to the show, Dr. Jennifer Spencer. I am so excited today because, folks, we are going to talk about an animal that we've never talked about on the show with someone I went to high school with. So this is a first. We're talking about cows today, and we're talking to my friend, Dr. Jennifer Spencer. How's it going? Great. It's going really well. Can I tell you? I'm it's excited so, to be here. I'm, it's, it's weird to call you doctor. You know what I mean? It's so crazy. <laughs> it's still weird to hear it. Honestly, it's like one of those things I still have not gotten used to. <laughs> really? So how long yeah. ha- how long have you been a doctor? Um, so I graduated in 2018. It's almost two years, but. Oh my gosh. What was yeah. I can't even believe it. That is, I mean, just congratulations on all your success. And you reached out to me because you said June was National Dairy Cow Month. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Um, so it was actually started back in like ni- early 1900s, 1930s okay. um, to help promote dairy um, uh-huh. products and supplying dairy products. So it's kind of neat to tell people that Dairy cows actually have an entire month that's nationally recognized to honor them. So yeah. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, I think so too. And you reached out to me and you were like, can you do something on cows and, and on dairy cows? I'm like, wait a second. Are you yeah. <sighs> really? But then I realized like, I mean, I eat dairy. Like, I mean, I, they, you know what I mean? It's I, I just had a piece of ice cream cake before I, <laughs> did you really? <laughs> I swear to God, it was a dairy, a dairy queen cake left over from father's day. It was so good. But I'm like, man, it's something I eat a lot. And anyway, I just would love to learn more. So you are going to come on the show and you're also going to give us some fun cow facts, correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. But can you give us your title? Because I have your fancy title, Dr. Jennifer Spencer, <laughs> Assistant Professor and Extension of Dairy. Is that correct? Yes, that oh, is correct. That is so, so exciting. A lot of people wonder because what is extension? Yeah. Um, so it's kind of one of those things because, you know, it, you know, academia, education, research, all of that is. But extension kind of is one of those links between the two. So I actually educate more of the producers uh-huh. about new things that are coming up or, you know, help with youth things. So whenever people are like, so really, what do you do? I mean, I'm kind of like in between. Extension is a funny title, but. Uh, okay. Okay. So you, so you go and you educate, you know, uh, dairy cow producers. Is that what you do? Right. Yeah. And okay. kind of give them information, but also answer any questions they have and okay. relay that. Okay. And have you always had a fascination? Cause we were in the FFA together. We were, I know that is so weird. Okay. Isn't that crazy in high school? I know. Gosh, it feels like ages ago and it really was now thinking about it. It was, uh, you know, what's crazy though. When I, I was laughing today because our teacher's name was Mrs. Calman. I mean, come on. I know. Oh my gosh. I never even thought of that. That's so funny. Are you serious? Cowman. Mrs. Cowman. She taught the FFA. She taught, I mean, zoology, but it was funny because zoology, I didn't learn anything about exotics, but I just learned about cows and, you know, domestic pigs and farm animals. Yeah. And then, isn't that crazy? That is crazy. That's too funny. Yeah. And then to remember our final sophomore year, she had us all bring steaks. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. She was the best. Oh, my God. It's just like we're doing this class about animals. We all bring steaks for the final. Anyway, they were delicious. Yeah. So, 
<laughs> okay, so let's just talk. Uh, why dairy cows for you? Um, so originally I did go to college to become a vet, um, but I always wanted to become a large animal vet because I really enjoyed livestock. Um, but when I started taking some of the large animal vet classes, um, more of the species types of classes, I just fell in love with dairy cows. I found them extremely fascinating what they can do and how they've become more efficient. And, um, I had a really great professor up at, um, college and he actually is who I got my master's and PhD through. Um, but I think too, it was part of his passion, um, that, you know, sparked an interest for me. And, um, ever since I started learning about them, I've just continued and continue to love it. So now were there some people in your inner circle, like, Jennifer, come on. I mean, you were going to be a vet and you switched to cows? Like, what? Yeah, I know. My parents always thought it was weird. They always thought I was, you know, kind of the black sheep because <laughs> no nobody in our family. <laughs> yeah, no pun intended, right? Because I did raise sheep. Um, but they never really understood the whole, you know, livestock. Um, but they really encouraged it. So um, it was funny when I went to cows, my mom was little worried she's like i was worried when you had the sheep now you're going to something bigger that definitely is going to outweigh you so yeah yeah and i found so interesting so i wanted people because i know a lot of people who listen to the show they love exotic species but I, you know a lot of people love cows and i thought what could we do and i and i emailed you and i said can we go over some like top five like fun cow facts and you sent me a couple of them my mind was blown. I swear to God, I texted you back or emailed you back right away. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, they are pretty fascinating species. Um, I mean, do you want me to kind of yeah. start going into them? Heck yeah. Um, Let, let's go into them. And, oh, I have a question, and I, and I don't want to put you on the spot, but, like, just history-wise, how long have humans been using, you know, cows or, like, dairy cows? Oh, jeez. If I remember correctly, I would have to probably look that up, but I want to say it's as early as the 1600s was okay. when they were kind of domesticated, but I know they came over to the United States about 1800s. The 1800s. Um, yep. The first cow, I think, went to Virginia. Oh, wow. It's like Jamestown, Virginia. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay. And then they were used for dairy purposes, for meat. I mean, do you, were they used for both at the same time, or did they use the dairy first, or the meat first? Um, both of them. Yeah. The dairy and meat. Is that hard for you when you work with, I mean, cause I'm assuming you still eat beef, correct? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and, and you're living in Texas too. I laughed so hard. I was like, of oh, course yeah. you live in Texas now. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. There's so many cows here. Uh, yeah. It's it, like wonderful. Is that hard for you though? Or no, or you just look past that or how do you handle that? Cause like if I, for instance, I love my animals so much, like I love my alligators so much. And I recently met someone who was talking about hunting alligators and I just wanted to like punch him in the face. But then I realized like, okay, like I understand there's a season for that. And I, I just could never imagine eating my alligators. You see what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Cause I've never, I guess I've never really, looked at like a dairy cow, like almost like a dog, you know, I just had to ask cause you know, so many people around the you know world eat beef and stuff like that. So, okay. Okay. So let's go to our fun facts. My mind, I just want listeners minds just to be blown. <laughs> Perfect. Um, so one of the facts that I wanted to talk about, so these are just like my top five interesting facts that 
whenever I started learning about dairy cows, these are ones that I was like, wow, that's really cool. Um, so the first one would be that dairy cows can produce about 125 pounds of saliva a day. So the reason that is, is because based on their diet and what they're eating, they have to produce enough saliva to break it down um, to produce milk. And so on average, well, approximately dairy cows are going to eat about 100 pounds a day of food. Wow. Um, so it's an extreme amount of food. And then to kind of get all of that, um, they also drink a tub full of water every day. So it's about 30 to 50 gallons of water every single day they'll drink. And I always tell people it's like filling up a bathtub full of water and that's how much they drink. Wow. And you said they have to have, they have to produce all that saliva. How many gallons was that again? 130? 125 pounds. So, Oh, oh, 125 uh, pounds. I'm sorry. Okay. 125 pounds of saliva. So I think that would be, I think it's like eight pounds for every gallon. Oh, no, you don't have to do the conversion. That's fine on the show. I'm like, like, uh, no, don't even. Not that great at math. (laughs) I'm not good. I couldn't even do anything from, yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, so yeah, so 125 pounds of saliva, and that is to help them with the over the 100 pounds of food that they eat? Yeah, so what it helps to do is there's some enzymes Mm -hmm. um, that help to break down the food, and then also it helps to kind of like buffer the Uh stomach. Uh Um, And so when they're trying to digest, it kind of makes it um, a good environment for them to break down the food and helps to create, I don't know if you've probably seen it in like camels and Uh um, giraffes where it looks like they're chewing gum. Yeah. Yeah. Chewing gum. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So they create those boluses, and a lot of that saliva does help to keep those kind of moist. And um, so when it goes back down, to okay. redigest. Okay, so they're chewing their cud, correct? Correct. Okay, yes. so they are literally eating the grass, right? And then are they pretty much throwing it back up to re to try to break it down again? Is that what's going on with the saliva? Yeah, so they're breaking it down a little bit more with the saliva, but they're also using that cut and they're chewing down the particles even more. So it's exposing more surface area and then those enzymes are able to get more into the actual like carbohydrates and things like that to break those down for utilization. Wow. How much waste do you know this? I mean, this is off topic, but I just want to know with your work with cows, you know how much waste a cow produces a day? So like how many pounds of manure? Yeah. That or gas or whatever. I mean, they're, I mean, they're always doing something. Yeah. Oh gosh. I was just researching it, but, um, (laughs) don't even, don't like literally was, (laughs) I have a priest. On Thursday, somebody's gonna watch this and be like, "Oh my gosh!" No, you're fine. <laughs> she doesn't remember. No, it's totally off the wall. Like I know it's like a weird, you know what I mean? Fact. I just anyway, I just yeah, that's crazy. A they, lot of out. That's for sure. <laughs> a lot of it. Okay, very interesting. Hit us with something else. What else will blow our minds about cows? Um, so kind of along that same topic, um, with digestion and everything, um, cows are what is known as ruminants. So a lot of people think that they have four stomachs, but in fact they have one stomach that has four different compartments and they all kind of do different 
tasks. Um, but the one, the big room in, mm -hmm. um, which is the biggest compartment. And these are all similar to giraffes as well. I don't know. Have you talked about giraffes digestion? And No, this is the first time we're actively talking about uh -huh. digestion on the podcast. So hit us. This Perfect. Is, this is great. <laughs> um, so this big rumen is like a fermenting vat. And what it's doing is it's going to break down things. And cows have these microbes that help to break down um, starches and things like that and protein. And um, they actually become protein themselves. So they feed the cow after they get done working. So when I actually I was going to college, my major professor always used to say, you feed the bugs to feed the cow. So that was always something that stuck with me is that wow. providing them with nutrients in order to provide the cow with nutrients. So. Really? So the microbes actually are the ones that feed the cows? Cause they're, yeah. Cause they're breaking down, um, creating some things. There's some, you know, nutrients that are going to go past the rumen and get, um, digested or absorbed in the small intestine and things like that. But yeah, the microbes do a lot of, a lot of fascinating work, um, helping with digestion and, um, there's different colonies almost. And it kind of like depends on where you're at and like the feed availability, these microbes will adapt to that type of feed and environment. So populations might be bigger in let's say like Pacific Northwest than down here because wow. of what they're fed. Wow. And have you going through school, did you ever open up like a cow stomach? Yes, actually the window cows. Everybody always asks about the window cows. We had some of them up at University of Idaho when um I took it was like the introductory course. Uh-huh. And we for our final had to go in and find a magnet. So they put a magnet in there to catch metal in case cows like to eat anything so they might yeah. you know eat metal and they put a magnet in there and we had to go find it and then put it back in the right spot whoa, whoa, wait hold on i'm so confused window cows yeah so, so they have like a, like do they like is it like like are they are they the real actual cow and it's like split in half oh no that's what it's i'm a, thinking <laughs> oh yeah i guess <laughs> window cow um so what they they are is they have like these big round um, plastic. Uh -huh. um, how would you describe it? Kind of like a stopper. Okay. So it's like a plastic ring that's around where their skin is at. And okay. then there's like a plug. And then you push the plug in, pull it out. And then you have, you're in the room in and you can go into the different compartments they do it a lot for you know research and how to oh my god okay so it's a it's a living cow so you're able to yes. just go in there oh my god oh yes. wow were you intimidated going in at first a little bit and it does not smell the greatest so <laughs> it was a little <laughs> yeah um hard to get used to but it was a lot of fun um very warm yeah I, uh, I've never talked about this publicly. Well, I, I, we did it on a local TV show here, but it, I don't, anyway, it was a morning show, but I artificially inseminated a cow once. Did you really? And I was so scared because we had to put on those long plastic gloves and I had to just go in 
And I've never been more scared in my life. And I remember I just was like, ah, like, like, and it was, it was on the local news and it was like, ah, and I think, <laughs> I think they actually had to take it down because people were offended. It, it was a morning news show here locally because oh. we were, me and this anchor, and it was so funny, this anchor, she was like, I just want to be taken seriously. And her name's Tammy. We're friends now, but she was like, I don't want to be a joke. And I remember we, <laughs> We surprised her. She had to put <laughs> plastic gloves on. And we were both like, ah! Anyway, it was warm. It was disgusting. It was, I, ugh, I don't know. Did she have a calf? I don't know. It was at a dairy. Oh. So I'm assuming she did. But we had, we had to go in there and it just, wow, what an experience though. Yeah. I, I always thought it was so fun to artificially inseminate that was kind of my area was the whole reproduction and really just so you did yeah. you just get used to that like every day it was like okay come on betsy you know did yeah. over oh really yeah i guess you would probably get used to that though i mean if you're doing it every day yeah like yeah. a lot of the dairy vets that go out and yeah. palpate for pregnancy it's funny because some of them i swear they have a bigger forearm on one side than they do on the other yeah Totally yeah. understandable. Yeah, one hundred percent. Okay, sorry, I got you off track, but I had to no, tell no, my. You're... I I thought that you would appreciate my artificial, you know, I, insemination. I am very impressed. Yes, thank you, thank you so much. Okay, so back on to our fun facts. Yes. So the third fun fact was that cows have great senses. So, okay. um, they are prey animals, and so they have adapted to have great senses and in fact they can smell up to six miles and they can hear higher and lower frequent frequencies than we can and they can also see almost 360 degrees the only thing they can't see is like right in front of their nose or directly behind them but those have allowed them to kind of you know ward off from um, predators but also for dairy cows, I always find it fascinating because um, they, you know, can hear when the feed truck is coming or they see it and they get all excited and run up to the feed bunk. Or if they see, you know, a group going to be milked, they get all excited and will go to the pen. So they're very like, they get kind of like a dog getting excited to get food and yeah. go play. Oh my God. So they could smell up to six miles away. Mm-hmm. my god i never knew that yeah and excellent vision like pretty good vision yeah and they can actually they can see all colors so a lot of people think that they can't they're colorblind but they can see all colors besides red really? which is funny because you think of matadors yes and yes. how they uh, did like the bullfighting and how they have the red cape so they actually can't see the red but it's the the movement of all of it. Why, why is that red? That is so, I didn't know that either. You're, I'm loving this. Okay. So, so they can't see the red. That is so, why do you think they did red? Was it just like for theatrics or did humans think that maybe this would scare them? I mean, before we found out they can't see in red. You know, I don't know. It might be that they thought that, you know, red was going to make them mad and yeah. get them all, you know, riled up. But, um, I don't really know why they chose red. That's crazy. Okay. And then super sense. Okay. I want to ask you one question. I've always heard that cows are more intelligent than horses. Is this true? Horses are pretty smart. 
That was probably one reason why I didn't go into horses was I was a little <laughs> intimidated, whereas, you know, cows, you can kind of mm-hmm. ease into them. But um, cows are pretty smart. I mean, uh-huh. they do, they can recognize um, herd mates mm-hmm. and they recognize humans. So uh-huh. it was always fun going onto the dairy farm and stuff and certain cows would come up to you and um, they have kind of like social groups that they hang out with and um they know where to stay away from, but I don't know. Horses might be smarter. Really? Okay, good. I'm, I'm learning. I'm learning. Okay, hit me with some more fun facts, Jennifer. I'm loving this. Um, so the fourth fact would probably be that there's only six um, United States dairy breeds. So in North America, we only have six dairy breeds. Okay. Um, so the typical one that everybody always thinks of is the Holstein, yes. the black and white, the big black and white cow. Um, and then Jersey is another one and it's kind of, you know, tan, mm-hmm. smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, they tend to be the ones that they play with their tongue a lot. Okay. So if you're driving by, they'll have like their tongues out and be playing and, oh. uh, uh, they kind of have like a, to me, they've always looked kind of like a deer, their yeah. face and their yeah. yeah, they're really cute as babies too. Oh my god, the baby jerseys are so cute. Oh, they are, and they're yeah. so fun to play with. <laughs> yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. Okay, so we have the the Holstein, the jerseys, and then there are Guernseys, and Ayrshire, and Brown Swiss, and then Milking Shorthorn, which I had never seen a Milking Shorthorn until I got to Texas, and I finally saw one. And they are very neat. I haven't heard of any of those last four. Really? What are, I'm, I'm yeah. sure I, maybe I've seen them before, but now that's interesting. Yeah, they're not very predominant in um, the United States just uh-huh. because um, like Holsteins, they produce a lot of milk. So um, it's really nice for fluid milk and uh-huh. jerseys are high in like protein and fat in their milks. So they're good for like cheese and ice cream. Oh um, my God. Yeah. I was just going to ask that. Okay. So what my ice cream cake that I just ate before I talked to you was maybe could have been from a Jersey cow. Yeah, maybe. Okay. Okay. Super interesting. What do you feel about? Cause humans are the only species that drinks another species milk. And a lot of people, I mean, that, is very it's interesting it's weird it's not natural i mean you can you can admit to that and the natural i mean there's no other animal on the planet that will eat another or drink another species milk for nutrition what are your thoughts on that i know i always get that question all the time um and honestly yeah it is kind of you know different but i always kind of think of it as evolution you know we've mm-hmm. we help to progress these dairy cows to do what they do Um, and they are providing us with nutrition, but also it's kind of like a full circle. They're able to utilize things that we aren't able to utilize. So different byproducts of food, um, Uh like cotton seed is really popular down here. Um, they can make that, make a nutritious product for us. And then we're able to, you know, drink it, eat it. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know. I was kind of imagined it as just the evolution of us creating technology or, you know, we're finding ways to better, you know, our health and uh-huh. the uh-huh. way that we live. 
So are you anti people who drink like almond milk or soy milk or are you just like against do you think they're like these green thumb freaks? Or, I mean, because I have a gallon of almond milk in my fridge and if you saw it, you'd probably be mortified. You'd be like, ah! Um, well, I think to each his own, but um, there's a lot of people, for example, I'm lactose intolerant. Which is kind of sad. <laughs> oh kind of like an I was going to ask you, could you imagine if you were lactose intolerant? You are lactose intolerant. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> so it's awful. But, I mean, a lot of people that I've met and they drink, um, you know, the almond and soy, um, they – it's because they're lactose intolerant. But, in fact, they have milk that is lactose-free. Um they have like lactate as well. You can take. Um, have you heard of the ultra filtrate or ultra pasteurized milk? I maybe. I mean, maybe, but like maybe they're. I've heard of like the super organic. Is that what that is, or is that? Um. So it's kind of newer. Um, oh. A lot of people think of like Fairlife okay. milk. Okay. So that is actually a process where it helps to break down the lactose. And so it breaks it up and people like me, we can drink it without getting lactose intolerant. How do so, you, how do you deal with like pizza though? Can you still eat pizza? I can. Honestly, it's really only like fluid milk and ice cream that really, Oh, ice cream. That sucks. Yeah. It but really sucks. You could do sherbet though, or you could do like Italian or sorbet. Okay. 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 Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Sorry to get you off track. I know you were talking about no, the, no. You're talking about the breeds. What is our next amazing cow fact? So the last fact would probably be about their milk production. So this is always my favorite to tell people because these animals are so interesting. Being able to take, you know, grass, forages, corn, and produce this nutritious product. Um but they produce a lot of milk. So dairy cows on average produce six to seven gallons of milk per day. Wow. So if you have, you know, a 600 or a hundred cow dairy, then you're getting 600 gallons of milk just from that dairy. And so to kind of put that into glasses of milk, that's 400 glasses of milk per cow per day. Oh my gosh. 400 glasses of milk per cow per day. Mm-hmm. Wow. Or six pounds of cheese per day, or three pounds of ch- butter and sixteen pints of ice cream. Sorry, I always have to like think. <laughs> no, you're right. No, this is great. Sixteen pints of ice cream. Yes. Do far. So do you like Ben and Jerry's? Heck yes. Now. Well, we're on the new Halo top because, you know, my wife, she's like, it's healthy. But yeah, I, of course, oh, okay. Ben and Jerry's. You know, what, have you had the, oh my God, what is the one with the, the late show with the, um, Stephen Colbert? It's really good. Is it? Yeah, what is it called? I've... Oh, it's good. You should have that one. Oh, I'll it's have good. to look this up. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Stephen Colbert and uh, the Tonight Dough with uh, Jimmy Fallon's a good Jimmy... one too. Yep. Uh, yeah. What's your favorite flavor? Ben and Jer- well, you can't have ice cream. I'm just asking you and you yeah. can't even have it. Okay. All right. So 400 glasses of milk, six pounds of cheese, three pounds of butter, and 16 pints of ice cream per cow. Per day. Yep. 
per day. Now, do I, I don't know if this is a dumb question, but do dairy farmers sometimes have a problem getting rid of all their milk? Um, usually not. Usually there's enough demand, um, especially with, you know, selling outside of the United States, dried products, um, non-fat dried milk or um, whey, which is kind of a waste product of cheese, but usually not. I mean, right now. Okay. And a little bit. Are, I'm just out of like with milk consumption around the world, does the United States, are we like number one or is there another country out there that's like, you know, beating us or... In milk consumption? Yeah, yeah. Or just dairy products, milk consumption. That's a good question. I don't know, actually. I know China does have a lot and uh -huh. Uh -huh. drinks a lot. And... Yeah. Well, we usually send our powdered milk over. Really? To China? Them. Yeah. But okay. not. It's kind of been... The whole trade... Yeah, has stopped, has right? Been, yeah. Yeah. And it's been kind of difficult in those aspects but yeah. um a lot of the powdered milk products are gonna go out of the united states i think i think it would be the united states that would drink the most amount of milk for sure like fluid milk wow okay yeah it's just that's crazy so let's just talk thank you so much kind of for going over those facts do you have any advice for young people listening? I mean, maybe advice for anyone maybe wanting to join the FFA or anyone, you know, like any young yeah. listeners out there? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that if you're interested in animals, even if you just want to be a vet and that's all you know, um, definitely go after it. Try different things. I mean, I never would have known that I loved dairy cows as much as I did unless I sought out different opportunities. Um, I got to do a lot of cool things like go to Cambodia to help start up a dairy farm. Um, so being able to get out there and find something that you're truly passionate about, um, I think is one piece of advice that anybody should take. And if you love what you do, work is never going to be work. You're always going to enjoy what you do. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Okay, we're going to get controversial, and I don't know. We, don't worry. I can take this out if you're just like, holy crap. <laughs> I was no, not – yeah, I was not prepared for this. I mean, like truly. So, But I have to ask because there's a lot of controversy around dairy farms. I mean, several, several years ago, there was a – I mean, what? Our old governor – Governor uh, Butch Otter, I believe, but yeah, put a put a ban on what filming like undercover at dairy farms. Is that correct or something like that? Can we go into that because there are people who see this as abuse, and I just want to hear your take on that. Yeah, yeah. So um, there has you know been even some of that more recently um, in this past year and things like that. But a lot of what is done on a dairy farm. Um, is really misunderstood okay? because dairy cows, I mean, they have their own nutritionist. There's somebody who comes out, formulates, you know, what they eat for breakfast and dinner and lunch. Um, and they stay on it. Like every new feed product that comes in, they look at it and how they mix it. They also have vets come out mm -hmm. all the time. So they have like personalized doctors coming to their house. Um, and then, they also have like identification. So I always 
think it's funny. We have a, a dairy over here at um, Tarleton State University in Stephenville, and I always tell you know kids, K, pick out a cow ID number, and remember that number. And when we get back, we can actually look her up, and you can see what her records are. So you can tell the day she was born, when she had her vaccinations, um, how many pounds she produced that day, when she had a calf. Anytime she moved from one pen to another, they are they have the best records. I always think like they have better medical records and records about their lives than I do about mine. Um, But, you know, another thing is, is like, well, they don't like being milked. They get milked all the time. Well, they only get milked two to three times a day and it takes five minutes for a cow to be milked. So they, I mean, they're usually resting and eating and, um, relaxing, drinking water. You know, I was going to say, I'm happy you, you know, brought that point up, um, you know, just regarding the dairy cows, but I feel like the farmers, they're in those cows, like that's their livelihood. That's their investment. Right. So why would they want to, right. I don't know. Exactly. That is very true. That's a really good point. Cause I mean, they, they do it 365 days a year. It's always going a dairyman never has a day off. They always have to worry about it. So they love what they do. And those cows are what are keeping them and their families, um, you know, sustaining their lives. Uh-huh. So why aren't they going to treat them, you know, well and yeah. take care of them the best that they can? Yeah. And I know listeners, and I'm sure you'd agree with me, there are great farms out there and there are bad farms. It's just like you can't. You know what I mean? We can't generalize just one, you know, them all together. So I'm sure there's great ones, but I'm sure there's really horrific ones. And I think um, maybe if you're just knowledgeable about where you're purchasing your dairy products, you know, if you want to do the whole organic thing or even do local, you know, buy local, know where it comes from. I think that could be your best bet. Yeah. And, you know, the USDA, um, the United States Department of Agriculture, they actually have a program and it's called FARM. And it's farmers assuring responsible management. And um, I think it's 98% of all dairy producers in the United States participate in that. Uh And what it allows is um, they have, you know, um, certain inspections, like random inspections. um, And they are held up to, you know, high accountability of everything that they do. And Okay. Okay. That's good to know. How long, I mean, do they use dairy cows before? I mean, like how long will a, will a female be producing milk for a dairy farmer? So typically she's going to make it through, um, two to three lactations. So she won't start lactating until she's two. Okay. Um, so what, two, three, about five to five to seven years. Five to seven years. Mm-hmm. Okay. And do you know the lifespan of a cow? Um, I have heard, and somebody was telling me this, that the oldest cow or something was recorded at like 30 years old or something. Wow. But I think they can live like 20 years. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. 
And if someone is listening and wants to get a dairy cow or get a cow or any livestock, what is your advice? <laughs> ah, that's a good question. Thank um, you. I think my advice would be, you know, do your research, know what you're getting, what they are going to require. Make sure you have the whole setup before you go and pick one out. Cause you will fall in love with them immediately yeah. and want to take it home. Um, but just knowing that when you have it, it's kind of like having a dog. You got to make sure that you get up and feed it morning and night. Um, if it's a dairy cow, you got to make sure that you milk it um, twice a day. And that cows are very routine dependent. Uh-huh. So they really like schedules. And So if you're going to do it, make sure you got a plan. Okay, and you have to milk them. What will happen if you don't milk mm-hmm. them? Um, well, eventually they'll, you know, stop lactating. Um, but you usually want them to slowly start to reduce the amount of milk that they are producing. Uh Um, because if you stop immediately, sometimes they can get, you know, inflamed or Uh retention and it can lead to, you know, some diseases or infections. Um, so you kind of want to slow them down a little bit and then they actually do dry off dairy cows, Dairy cows only milk for 305 days on average a year. Okay. And then they spend 60 days where they're not. And that's actually where they're finishing their gestation, so their pregnancy. And then when they calve, they'll go back into milking. Okay. Okay. And I'm sure you've milked several cows in your time, correct? I have. I have. Is there like and- a technique? Go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. No, I just asked if there's like a technique or you always see it on the movies where like one person, I'm thinking of that envision of uh, Polly Shore and son-in-law. Have you seen that movie where he's like, yeah. so that's, yeah. What is it like? Um, so I have hand milked and that's, it's what is difficult. it called? Hand, milk? hand milking. Okay, hand milk. yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. You kind of have to get used to it and my hands definitely hurt after a while. So I can't imagine how people did it. Back yeah. in the day, but now with the like uh, milking machines, it makes it so much easier. And okay, um, so they have milking machines, which I think I've seen, and they just what go over the udders. And I mean, I'm just I've never really looked at one like that. And they just suck the milk out. <laughs> right. Um, so what they do is they actually it's like a claw, and I always think of like the claw from what's that movie? Scary movie or no? Or the uh, Toy Story. Oh, okay, yes. You okay, know, like okay. the claw. Oh, yes. Oh, the claw. Oh, my God. The uh, yeah. first Toy Story. A classic. Yes. Yes. A 90s classic. Uh, <laughs> 90s classic, for sure. Um, so it's got, you know, four little attachments that it goes on each teat. And what it does is it actually mimics what hand milking would do, and it massages. So it pulsates. And so it will massage it to stimulate the milk release and uh-huh. then the vacuum will allow it to come down and then it'll close and massage and then open and okay. allow the milk to come down. And let's talk about pasteurization because how long does it take from it to come out of the udders to, that sounds so gross, but to my glass. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. I know when you think of it that way. <laughs> yeah. I actually don't uh, even drink milk um, that much, but I love ice cream and cheese and you know, anything, but yeah. So how long does that take? Um, so from the farm to the store, it takes two days, two days. 
So milk will be on the shelf in two days. Okay. And do you know about the pasteurization? Like what do they do to clean? I mean, is it, I, I don't even know. Do they boil it? Like, I'm just trying to think like what to make it sterile. Like how, how yeah. What's going on? Yeah. So they heat it to a certain temperature. Sure. I can't remember the temperature. It's like 145 degrees okay. um, for like 15 to 30 seconds. And what it's going to do is break down um, and kill all of those, you know, if there's any bacteria or anything sure. like that. Sure. Um, and then they cool it down. and Really? And it comes in two days. That is so interesting. Well, Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And it is June national dairy month. So what do you want everyone to do? Go purchase a da- like a ice cream cone or. <laughs> like... Yes. Yeah. <laughs> go buy an ice cream cone. And if it's warm, go sit in the sun. Yeah. And, and have some sun. Yeah. Have an ice cream for Jennifer who unfortunately can't eat ice cream, but yeah, you can have pizza. So you're still good. Yes. Yes. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. You have any last minute thoughts for the listeners or any other words you want to say to everyone? We're the number one podcast in Malaysia right now. So you can say hi to them. Oh, well, hello. That is awesome. Isn't that cool? Do they have dairy cows in Malaysia? I don't even know. I think they do. Yeah. Okay. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I'm excited. And yeah, anybody, any of your viewers ever have any questions? Perfect. Feel free to contact me and Great. I can answer any weird questions. Yeah, and I will put your email in the show notes. Will that work? Yep, that's perfect. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you for taking the time all the way from Texas. And I've learned a lot. Look at all my notes here. I cannot wait to... Uh... Oh. <laughs> yeah, this is so cool. I love learning new things, so I really appreciate it. Uh, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Awesome. We'll talk to you soon. Keep in touch, okay? I will. Thanks for listening to the Animals to the Max podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with friends and family. Also, if you haven't already, hit the subscribe button. It really helps me out. As always, if you have any guest suggestions, if you want to email me personally, head on over to CorbinMaxi.com. And if you haven't already, check out our social channels. You can follow me at CorbinMaxi on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We'll talk to you next time.